Oh, man, I love this afternoon. I love this hour. It's three minutes after one on your Sunday, and we are set to go with the Employment Law Show. John Scholes here, and joining, of course, Lior Samfiru from Samfiru Tamarkin, LLP. I want to reach out, stlawyers.ca, anytime. You can always uh, reach Lior and the crew through the phone lines outside this hour of the show, of course. That's uh, always toll-free, 1-855-821-5900. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca, those who contact. You can also use the website, Pocket Employment Law. I'm sure we'll be, uh, if not using it uh, in real time, referring to it several times during the course of this hour, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You can learn so much from the website. That's what it was put together for, to educate you so you're not misled by anything. And there's also access to what we call the severance calculator on there, which is going to um, demystify the number that you're supposed to get as far as severance. No, not a week per year. No, not two weeks per year. It's nothing close to that. And you can find out for yourself anonymously. It takes about 30 seconds to use it. Again, Pocket employmentlawyer.ca uh, where you're going to find the severance calculator. But here and now, we invite your calls. We've got tons of open lines. We've got an hour to kill. We've got so much to get through. 416-872-1010 to call the radio station and get on air with us. Terms to watch out for in an employment agreement. Massively, massively important topic this afternoon. This is where it all starts is with that employment agreement. We'll get to that, but we always start off with the other week that was case of the daily or what do you got going on, brother? Hey, Johnny, great to be here. Of course, yeah, employment law is what we want to cover. We want to answer all the questions of our uh, good listeners. So if you're home right now and getting ready maybe to go back to work tomorrow, maybe you're worried about going back to work because something bad happened. You have questions. Your boss is giving you some ultimatum, things to consider or to sign. Well, call now. Let's talk about it. Let's make sure you get the answer so that you know what to do and what to say. Maybe you're not unfortunate getting ready to go back to work tomorrow because you lost your job we have to make sure you get the right package because i can almost guarantee you whatever it is you've been offered not even close to being the real amount the amount that's actually owing so if it touches on workplace law if it touches on employment law let's talk about it right now let's get those issues resolved and questions answered and of course beyond the hour of the show if you want to connect with me and my team in the office as john said very very easy to do we'll give you that contact information throughout the show, so stay tuned for that. But week there was. Let's talk about some situations that came across my desk. Uh, I spoke with a lady who unfortunately recently had a bit of a bad run with her health. You know, there's a lot of viruses and whatnot going on. So she was sick a number of times, and, and she'd get better. Unfortunately, she'd catch something else, get sick again. And she did what she had to do in the situation, which is to tell her employer, call in sick. And then, of course, she'd go back to work as soon as she was able to. Well, she, was, she recently received an email from her employer saying that she's been taking too many days off, it's not acceptable, that she needs to work on her time management skills. I'm not sure exactly what that has to do with it, but that's what the employer said, and that, uh, that there's going to be consequences if she keeps taking that many days off. So distraught, upset, nervous, calls me, this lady, and she wants to know, well, what does this mean? And like, what do I do if I'm sick? Do I just go into work anyway and then uh, proceed that on that basis? So let's be very clear. And we touched uh, on this in the past, but your employer cannot do anything to you if you're sick. W- what is this idea of that email supposed to do? By threatening someone, they're going to be less sick. By threatening them, they're going to uh, somehow have a better immune system, and now they're going to be able to come into work more often? No, it's nonsense. You cannot be disciplined because you are sick. You cannot be disciplined because you have to take a sick day. The number 
number of sick days that your employer provides you is irrelevant to how many days you need to be off. If you're sick and you cannot work, you can be off work. If your employer insists on a doctor's note, not a problem, you can provide that. But beyond that, you nothing bad can ever happen to you. So this employer, if they were to let this person go, that would be a wrongful dismissal. Depending on the situation, can even be a human rights violation, not legal. So remember, I certainly think that uh, an employer should want their employees at work. But if you're yeah. sick, if you're not able to work, it is what it is. You shouldn't be going to work. Get that doctor's note. If anything else happens to you, you give me a call. Good way to get us uh, warmed up, pal. And as always, uh, Lior mentioned, I mentioned you can call into the show. We are live here Sunday afternoon at uh, 108. It is 416-872-1010. And with that, we'll get right to our phone calls because you guys always are the priority. Steve is up first. Steve, thanks so much for taking the time today, pal. What's going on with you? Gentlemen, hello. Um, uh, two questions. My wife works for a company. She's been there for 15 years, and they uh, contract out. So she... You know, she works for company A, but they put her in company B, and she works there exclusively doing work for them. Uh, that contract's coming up, so she won't be, you know, working at company B anymore. So they're pulling her back in-house and then going to, you know, have a different position for her, potentially with another client, um, with a different job description, different salary, sounds like. So the question is, you know, if she doesn't want to take that, can she say, I don't want it, and take her severance? That, that would be the first question. So let's talk about that. The time she's worked for this company, Company A, has she always been contracted out to Company B, or yes. has she had different jobs? No, always the same. Always the same. Yep. So now the, the key here is that to see the employment agreement that she signed with Company A. If that employment agreement makes it clear that we can assign you any job at any pay with any responsibilities, whatever we decide, then unfortunately she agreed to that scenario. If it doesn't say that, then yes, this situation can absolutely be a constructive dismissal because the terms of her employment are being changed and she could get severance. So I would want to see that employment agreement. Now, if she never actually signed an employment agreement when she started, that's a very good thing. That means she is able to pursue a constructive dismissal. But I would want to see whether that employment agreement gives that company, company A, the flexibility to essentially do whatever it wants. If it does that, that's a problem. If it doesn't, she has all kinds of rights. Okay, excellent. I, I don't believe that's the case, but uh, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll look that up. And the second question was, which I found very kind of strange, um, she contributes to her RSP, and they will match a certain percentage of her contributions. But they will only give you the money, so they don't give you the money throughout the year. They'll hold it back for the entire year. And if you're an employee, on December 31st, of that year, then you get the money. But if you get laid off or you leave, then you get none of those matching contributions. I just found that kind of strange. I've never heard of something like that. It it is absolutely strange, but the question is ultimately whether it's legal or not. So here's how this breaks down. An employer does not have the legal obligation to provide RSP matching. So if they choose to do it, they can decide how they're going to structure it and how they're going to do it. So not, not... not logical even, maybe even not fair, but ultimately that's not illegal because it's their decision how they're going to administer that particular benefit. Okay, fair enough. Yep. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. 
Uh, thanks for your time, Steve. Uh, calling through again, if you want to reach out, have a further discussion with Lior, no problem. one 821 5900 outside the hour of the show. But again, here now, 416-872-1010. Moving on down the line to David. David, thanks so much for us standing by there for a moment. Pal, what's going on with you? Uh, how are you doing, gentlemen? Good, sir. What's up? Well, when I started in this unionized position at the airport, they calculated through the CBA agreement that 30 hours was full-time and we had 10-hour shifts. So we did three three days and that was full-time and we received the benefits, etc. Then for the next agreement, or maybe not, it didn't even reach that, that yet, they decided, well, the shift length is uh, 10 hours, but you have a half-hour break. So we're going to now make the shift nine and a half hours and because nine and a half by three is not equal to 30, we're going to now make you uh, do four days. Um, and then we complained to the union, and we really didn't, um, you know, force the issue. But now, unfortunately, through the CBA, they have the ability now to do eight-hour shifts, and they're still pulling the same situation of saying that a half hour because your break is not considered the uh, length of, you know, your shift is not eight hours, even though you are in the building in the airport, you're there from four to 12, let's say, that it only is seven and a half hours. Is that kosher? Uh, what, 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 what could you say about length of shifts? And is that natural for a company to deduct that half hour in determining the length of the shifts? So, David, the uh, only one, yeah. the only one that can advise you if that's legal, as you say, if that's kosher, is the union. Uh, the, they're the only ones that can tell you. And if they feel that it's not, that it's a breach of the collective agreement, they can file a grievance and and prevent the company to doing something that's not legal. Uh, but that they're the only ones. I, they, they can review the agreement, and ultimately, uh, they know what they negotiated. Uh, and you need your union support to do anything. There's nothing that I would be able to do, or you'd be able to do. So that question has to be posed to the union, and if the union says it's okay, then that's the answer. I understand. I'm just curious from your point of view, from just in general, do, uh, do companies calculate time that wise? From your, from it, your it, it comes down to the collective agreement. That, that it could be different versions of the collective agreement without seeing the agreement. I can't tell you if they've done something right or wrong. It would all come down to what the collective agreement says, as well as what the past record yes. or what the past history is between the parties. If they've been doing it for a while, even if it's in breach of the collective agreement, if they've been doing it for a while and allowed to do that, they can now continue doing it. Uh, there's a reliance on, on that. So uh, if they've been allowed to do that for a while, then it becomes the new reality. And the only time that they can change that is at the next round of collective bargaining. Okay. And uh, just from your non-union uh, work environments, do you see that happen uh, quite often, deducting for a lunch period? Yes, I do. Absolutely. They do do that, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, David. Have a great yeah. day. Yep. No worries, David. Appreciate it, pal. Mahmoud, we see you there. Hang on until we get uh, just on the other side of the break, pal. We'll take you as well and your phone calls. Call us just like that. Get some answers. 416-872-1010. We continue right here with the Employment Law Show. We're coming right back. Hang in there. You're listening to Employment Law on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. And welcome back to it. 119. Good to have you along here on News Talk 1010. Employment Law Show is uh, what we're doing. The uh, number to reach Lior when we're not doing this show, that's always important because you might want to have your own conversation. If something piques your interest on this show, 
And you could do so one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, and it's help at the employmentlawyer.ca. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But as we always say, the most important thing is you talking to us over the course of this hour. Four one six eight seven two ten ten. Four one six eight seven two ten ten. Bring it on. We got lots of time, lots of open lines, and uh, move on down to Mammut. Thank you uh, for hanging on the uh, the line there, Mammut, for a uh, short break. What is going on with you today? Good afternoon, first. Uh, thanks for having me today. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, I just have uh, three points to talk about. Um, I had several occasions of harassment uh, since August 2022 till uh, January 23. Okay. So practically, I have been harassed several times. I actually reported to the my HR scenario um, early April 2023. And they actually intervened a third-party uh, investigator. They started working on it November 2023. Practically, my boss, even every time of these uh, different occasions, he didn't take any action against this poor uh, person, including himself. He didn't do anything against it. Sadly, uh, recently, the last week, um, we had a morning meeting during the meeting, actually. Someone of the three guys, uh, four guys, sorry, I was uh, raising the complaint against them. He interrupted me while I'm talking because um, the person, he says that the guys talk in different language while they are working um, during the work hours. Although in our plant, as a blue-collar um, trades, we talk several several languages including Spanish or Arabic or Indian. Uh, it depends on the background of the guys talking, right? Sure. So they said, you can't talk uh, against the person like this, and you interrupted them, although he is the person who started to interrupt me, and he's my boss in the meeting. He said, uh, you're very violent, and uh, you can't actually talk that way. And eventually they gave me a verbal warning and progressive dismissal. And I find that very retaliatory action. Sorry, uh, sorry, just I didn't, you a verbal warning and what else did they give you? Uh, this, uh, progressive dis- destructive dismissal. They, they, they let you go? No, it's just a verbal warning for, for the first step on the ladder of actual dismissal. Are you, are you part of a union? No, not actually, okay. not. Okay, I understand, go ahead. So, uh, I feel oppressed, um, Badly, actually. Eventually, the whole two years, I'm struggling with them. The favoritism and the toxic workplace um, has been running since then. Although the third party, after the investigation, they didn't come up with so much. They saying that uh, the investigator interviewed yourself and responded to several other individuals after taking her investigation. But I find that the results came in, like just giving them a verbal warning, not actual uh, dismissal steps according so to... So, Mahmoud, let, 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 let me stop you there, because ultimately, this is obviously very fact-specific. And what we would need to know is understand, uh, you know, what, what exactly has been happening, how you've been harassed. And I want to see the information you provided to your employer, and I want to understand what the investigator found. Ultimately... 
if you can show that you've been mistreated, harassed, and nothing was done to fix it, that's a very big deal. That could be a constructive dismissal. In some situations, it could be a human rights violation as well. So, so there's a number of things that can flow from that. But the key, of course, is to show, number one, that there was harassment, and number two, that the company didn't, didn't uh, deal with it appropriately. So this is something we want to sit down together, and I want to review the history between uh, when this happened in 2022 up until present and the investigation. And on that basis, I'll be able to advise you what your options are. So uh, my best recommendation right now is to reach out to me in the office. We'll give you that contact information here in just a second. And let's sit down and have that, uh, that proper discussion. Sounds great. Thank you so much for the time, sir. Thank you for uh, taking the time to call in, Mahmoud. Appreciate that. And again, to uh, to reach out to Lior, which you're going to do, of course, after the show and uh, and moving forward from there, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. And uh, still got lots of time, guys, so bring it on. 416-872-1010 to reach us here at the station, and uh, we'd like to talk to you as well. Okay, this is uh, one of the most important documents you're ever going to sign. I think we often... Uh, we put it as that way, don't we, Leo? The old employment agreement. You have seen and drafted enough of these in your time, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The employment agreement is such an important document. It, it, it really forms the foundation of your rights in the workplace. Uh, and even though it's such an important document, the best thing for an employee when it comes to an employment agreement is actually not to have an employment agreement, is to actually start a job on a handshake, is to start a job on a promise. That is better than having a 10-page, very detailed employment agreement, because all that means is if you don't have an employment agreement, all the laws that we have, all the employment laws apply to you. They're there to protect you. An employment agreement can often take away those rights. So we want to talk about how that happens and what you should watch out for in an employment agreement. But remember, depending on your perspective, if you're an employee, that employment agreement, not your friend. You don't like it. If you're an employer, obviously the opposite is true. So the message, and you'll see that theme throughout this discussion, is when it comes to employment agreement, don't just focus on your salary and how many weeks vacation. There's other things that we need to watch out for. Well, and, and that's the thing, because a lot of people will do that, like when they sign a car lease, they don't go through all the fine print, and they realize what's involved, what's not included, what didn't get included, they thought, same type of thing with an employment agreement, they figure, okay, I'm just excited to get started on my new job, I'm going to meet new people, new place, I got new, you know, the coin is good, I'm going to be making gun, yeah, let me sign this, okay, thanks, Bill, I'm off to work. Why should they be so concerned about it? Is this well, standard stuff? Well, that's the thing. It's not standard stuff. And there are terms that could cost you literally tens of thousands of dollars, almost guaranteed to cost you tens of thousands of dollars if uh, if you don't pay attention to them, if you agree to terms that, that shouldn't be there. So you'll see that there's terms, uh, terms that could be a lot more important than whether your salary is sixty-five dollars or $70,000 or whether you get two or three weeks vacation Per year, so yeah, obviously you're going to always look at salary, you look at benefits, you look at uh, at bonus, etc., vacation. But we're going to tell you about some other things to look for that if you can identify, you can actually negotiate away and give yourself more job security, give you give yourself more financial security. So very important. Okay, that said, if you, if I if I pressured you to nail it down to say you know one of the most important terms, if not the most important term in that agreement, whether it's one page or one hundred pages, what would it be? So. Believe it or not, the to me, the most important thing in an employment agreement is actually something dealing with termination. So when I look at an employment agreement, the first thing I look at when someone asks me to review it is, 
Is there something in that employment agreement that could limit your future severance? Now, you've heard me talk many times on the show, if you're a regular listener, about severance. And you know that people have significant severance rights. Well, an employment agreement can limit and, and eliminate most of your severance. So if you sign an employment agreement that, that eliminates that severance, that could cost you and will cost you literally tens of thousands of dollars if and when your employment is being terminated, if it comes to an end. It could be the difference between getting two years pay or getting two months pay. What a difference, right? Massive, massive difference. So when it comes to an employment agreement, you don't want anything limiting your future severance. Frankly, if your employment agreement even speaks to the issue of termination, mentions it, mm-hmm. it's likely trying to limit your entitlements. When it comes to your rights, you don't want anything limiting your severance. You don't want anything even mentioning it. That means you have the full protection of the law. So yes, to me, the severance piece in that employment agreement is probably the most important because it's literally where the money is. What else would be uh, you know, second, third, and fourth or other important parts of that agreement, do you think? So you've heard me say many times on the show that your employer can't just uh, change the terms of employment. They can't reduce your pay, change your hours, demote you. Well, guess what? They can do all those things if your employment agreement says that. So if if you've agreed to a term, if you've given them the right in the employment agreement to do whatever they want, then guess what? They can do all these bad things to you. They can reduce your pay. They can demote you. They can change you from nights to days, et cetera. So very careful. You don't want to agree to something that changes the terms of employment. If you're accepting a particular job at a particular salary, you don't want the company to have the ability to unilaterally make that go away. So those to me are very important. Anything that gives the company too much power. Again, guys, lots more phone calls to come, which means we have lots of time for you and open lines. So make it happen now. If you're going to chime in, join the show, ask questions about this topic or anything that uh, you're thinking about now when it comes to your employment life, 416-872-1010. Again, 416-872-1010. And email as well is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue with more of the Employment Law Show here on News Talk 1010. Hang with us. This is Employment Law on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. And it is 1.34 on your Sunday afternoon. It's a beauty out there, too. Thank you so much for uh, for tuning in over the course of the hour here to the Employment Law Show every Sunday at this time. I want to remind you, you can join Lior and I Wednesday nights at 9.30 on CP24. Do an Ask a Lawyer, similar theme to what we do here over the course of 30 minutes, and your phone calls will sometimes make it on air over there as well on Wednesdays at 9.30 p.m. Again, Ask a Lawyer on CP24, our, uh, our brother station, pretty cool stuff. Again, we're talking about today, terms to watch out for in an employment agreement, but feel free to uh, interrupt us anytime with your phone call, 416-872-1010. If, uh, if you have any questions beyond that, you can always reach Lior at help at employmentlawyer.ca and one 821 5900 talked about uh, the employment agreements, the most important stuff, things that uh, you can find in there that you got to be careful for. What about if you've you've signed an agreement and it, it seemed okay? Maybe they even ran it by you, Leor, first to make sure everything was uh, was on the up and up. And then you know during mid employment, your employer thinks ah, I'm just going to change a couple things, Leor. I just need you to sign this, and then you can get back to your uh, get back to your shift. What do you think about that? This actually happens very often, and it always seems very innocent, right? Your employer- comes in and says, listen, we just want to have you sign an updated employment agreement. People like the word updated. You know, oh, it's updated. Well, it can't be a bad thing, right? <laughs> uh, and then you'll see everything is the same. Salary is the same. Nothing, not, we're not changing. We just want it to be updated. Okay, no problem. I got to start my shift anyway. I'm just going to sign this and move on. 
Well, wait a second, not so fast, not so fast at all. If your employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement, it's never a good thing. Let's be very clear. It's never a good thing. If your employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement, it's because it's something that the employer wants. It's good for the employer. It provides better terms, better protections for your employer. They don't just want to update it because they like to see words on a piece of paper. They update it because they feel that the previous one was not good enough for them. So there may be terms in the new agreement that have nothing to do with salary or or weeks vacation that are very problematic. Uh, Like they can try to sneak in one of those termination uh, uh, clauses that we talked about before or similar clauses. Bad idea. So the last thing you want to do is just to sign that piece of paper uh, because you don't, you're not paying close enough attention. If your employer wants you to sign a new agreement, let me see it. Do not sign it without me seeing it first. If I'm wrong and it's, it's, there's nothing problematic about it, go ahead, sign it. Uh, that's fine. But chances are, I can almost guarantee you, there's going to be many terms in that agreement that you're not going to want to have anything to do with. So let me see it. Remember, you can't be punished, fired, disciplined for not signing that new employment agreement. Not at all. And in fact, even if you lose your job for not signing, you're going to be owed your full severance. But that may be better because you, if your employer has you sign an employment agreement that limits your severance and then lets you go, that's much worse than losing your employment, uh, losing your job, not having signed. So if you're uh, going to lose your job, you want that loss to happen without an employment agreement rather than with it. So always be concerned if your employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement. So even if even if you do go ahead and sign that, Lior, and uh, you hand it back, but you, do you have to get something for it to make it binding? Do they have to give you a little bit of a you know a little bit of a taste? So if you're an existing employee, if you've worked for a company already and the company now wants you to sign an employment agreement, either it's a a first time they want you to sign it or just a new one, in order for that agreement to be enforceable, legally enforceable, they have to give you something in return for signing. It could be a one-time signing bonus. It could be a pay increase. It could be extra day vacation, something. It doesn't even have to be anything too valuable, but they have to give you something. And sometimes that could be used as, as an incentive. Wow, okay, my employer told me that they're going to up my pay by 25 cents an hour. That's great. I'm going to sign this immediately. Not realizing that by doing that, you're probably walking away from $75,000 in future severance. So be very careful with that. But yes, to make it enforceable, your employer would have to give you something in return for signing. So it's all, you know, it's all very exciting. We've been down this road where you're, uh, you know, you're going out for a job. Maybe you've interviewed a few times and you receive a nice job offer letter. You're, you're, you're pumped. You're excited, right? Now, what do you do? You just got to pump the brakes for a sec, right? What, what's the next step? Exactly. Remember that this employment agreement is a very important document. So treat it like an important document. So what you do at that point is obviously you're going to read it very carefully and you're going to look at other things beyond just how many weeks vacation and what the salary is. But the best thing you could do is let me see it. Let me tell you what it does, what it says, what the good things are, what the bad things are. And we can also talk about ways to negotiate them. You know, what I would do is I would help you narrow down the concerns to maybe the two or three things that you care about the most. You don't want to go to your employer with a laundry list of 15 things. Uh, and, and then we can negotiate or you can negotiate those terms with your employer. Very important. Sometimes, by the way, people think they don't have any leverage to negotiate 
nonsense. You do have leverage. If your employer has decided that you're the right person for the job, uh, they'll they'll work with you. And in many cases, to try to come up with something fair, so you have leverage. Uh, but please, don't ever sign that employment agreement before uh, you've done that. You may realize down the road that you've made a mistake, and then it may be too late. So it is it is possible to negotiate uh, for yourself at that agreement. I mean, you just you'd you'd want to be stern and fair, but it, it's you you will get somewhere. And does that increase if they've you know, if you're that person that's been through three or four rounds of interview, now they've spent some time, money, and resources on you, that should give you a little more leverage. Like, okay, I'm your guy, but before we sign this, we got to do this, this, and this, yeah? It's exactly, exactly uh-huh. how to do it. So you, you have to remember that if you've gone to the point where you've gotten a job offer, that means that the company has decided that of all the people they could have hired, you're the right person. They spent time, they spent money, They they've, uh, it was a, you know, commitment to go through that process and at the end of the, of the process, finally, yes, we found the person that we were looking for uh, and they found you. Well, guess what? At that point, you have some leverage. The company has something uh, that they want, which is yourself, your skill. Uh, you have something the company wants. So the way I would do that is say, hey, company, uh, can't, couldn't be more excited. This is terrific. I know I can come in and, and uh, do a tremendous job for you. There's just a couple of concerns I wanted to raise. And then you raise those two or three things. And if you do it the right way, the worst thing that can happen is that they'll say no, and you're exactly in the same position you've been in now. Uh, you're, they're not going to pull the job off, or you're not going to lose the job. And more likely than not is, yes, you'll be able to negotiate new terms. Uh, I can even help you saying, okay, tell them instead of this, how about we say that? So suggest some language, make it as easy as possible for the company to say yes, to accept your changes. But I've had tremendous success over the years working with individuals to help them negotiate some of those bad terms to make the employment agreement better, to give them more job security, uh, more financial security. So make sure you do that always whenever you're asked to sign a new employment agreement. Again, still lots of time to call into the show here live and talk to us at one uh, forty-two on your uh, your Sunday afternoon. That number, of course, four one six eight seven two ten ten. So feel free to uh, to join us. So now we flip it over from the employer's standpoint. So uh, you know, most important thing for the employer to remember with respect to that contract with hiring people. So first of all, an employer, you know, if I'm forgetting about the employees, I'm only talking about it from the employer's perspective. An employer should never hire an employee without having that employee sign a comprehensive employment agreement uh, that could avoid cases for wrongful dismissal, for constructive dismissal. It could avoid a lot of headaches and, and give the company a lot of flexibility and power. So an employer should do that. Now, the employer should not just go to Google and uh, look for a template for employment agreement. That doesn't work. Uh, you need to f- have something that's specific, that's up to date, because the laws change. So what may have been a legally enforceable contract a year and a half ago may not be today. So we need to make sure that it's up to date. Uh, and if you have existing employees, you want to sign a new employment agreement, we have to put in a process in place for that as well. So depending on your perspective, employee, you want to run as far away as possible from an employment agreement. Yeah. Give me something on the back of a napkin. Give me a handshake. Give me an email. All of those are better. For the employer, the opposite is true. You want to have a comprehensive employment agreement that's signed before the employee starts working. Uh, Depending on your perspective, either way, that employment agreement, very, very important. uh, And you really need to pay attention to it. 
want to switch over momentarily to a temporary layoffs. Well, I don't want to squeeze an email in there before we uh, break as well. Richard says, guys, uh, I've been uh, employed for the last three years through an agency. The agency is the one that pays me. They just told me that there's no more work for me, but did not say anything about severance. In that case, am I entitled to anything? Absolutely. Listen, it's actually quite straightforward. If you had a job and you lost that job, you're owed severance. Doesn't matter if you're hired through an agency. Doesn't matter if they call you a temp. Doesn't matter uh, if you're full-time or part-time. Yes, you are owed severance. In fact, working through an agency may mean that both the agency and the company you actually work for may be liable for that severance. That doesn't mean that they they each have to pay you severance so you get doubled. That means that they both have responsibility, so you can get severance from either or. So yes, you do get severance if you're if you're working through an agency, through a temp agency, through a placement agency. Very simple. If you had a job and you lost it, severance must be paid. The discussion of temporary layoff is just around the corner after the break, and more of your phone calls. Bring them on. Now's the time to call. You got some time to dial the digits four one six eight seven two ten ten. We continue with more of the employment law show. Stay tuned. It is 149 on Sunday. We are back. John Scholes and, of course, Lior Samfiru. Reach out to LiorEmploymentLawyer.ca. The phone number anytime, 1-855-821-5900. Help at EmploymentLawyer.ca. And that website you can always use first. It's free. It's anonymous. You will learn so much. Have access to what your severance should be. That via the severance pay calculator can all be found at Pocket Employment Lawyer. .ca. We'll try to get into our chat here shortly about temporary layoffs, but we got some great phone calls lined up. You're always a priority. That said, Ryan is uh, up next. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Pally, what's going on? Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I just have a sort of a weird question. I'm sort of calling on behalf of my dad. Um, so he lost his job last July. Uh, he lost his job due to, I think it was like being intoxicated on the job or something like that. Um, but he, so he was walked out of his position, like walked out of the, the property. And because of that, the, the company that let him go, they filed it as voluntarily leaving. So that made him on, un, un, what's the word? I don't know the word, sorry. Like he's unable to get him EI. Um, so he's ineligible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. That's what it was. Um, I'm just wondering because like he was obviously fired. Um, I'm just wondering if there's anything sort of, I can do against that, or I guess he could do against that legally um, now that, because I'm just learning about this now. Uh, He's in the hospital now, so we're just trying to manage all of his funds. Um, But I know, but I just don't know if there's anything legally we can do about that, because he didn't get much severance because of that. What kind of a job was he doing? Uh, He was doing a, like, he was operating a printing press for, like, a label-making company. He worked at the company for, like, 25 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, never, I'm assuming other than this incident, never had an issue, never had any sort of misconduct, warnings, problems, anything like that? No, nothing like that. He worked, like I said, okay. he worked there for 25 years. He, the company even moved and he, they wanted him, I think they even paid him a little more to come to the new location sort of thing because it was farther, a farther commute than the original location when they uh, moved. So here's the thing, Ryan. Ultimately, it comes down to whether the company had just cause to let him go. I'll give you more information in a second, but here's why. Because if they had just cause, whether or not they said he resigned or they fired him for just cause, it doesn't matter because either way he would get EI. 
right? Uh, and, and so, so in that respect, it doesn't matter. The question is whether or not this isolated incident of showing up intoxicated to work, whether or not that amounts to just cause. So here's the thing. If he, for example, operates heavy machinery, something that's dangerous, and he shows up and tries to work and he's intoxicated, that absolutely could be caused because it's dangerous. People's life could be in danger. Absolutely. If if it's if on the flip side, if it was, for example, more of an office job and he never worked, he showed up to work and he immediately realized what happened. And that could be something that entitles them to discipline him, but not necessarily to fire him for cause. Meaning if he was let go, then he's owed full severance, which could be as much as two years pay and EI. Now, also, if, if he has a, uh, you know, the drinking problem, alcoholism is considered to be a disability. So if the reason why he showed up to work is because he had a drinking issue, again, it's illegal to let him go. So, so there's a number of things that we have to consider here. The best thing that I could do is I want to find out more about his job, about what actually happened on that day. How did the company find out that he was intoxicated? Uh, does he have a, a, a drinking issue? And on that basis, we could decide whether, in fact, they did have cause. If they did, nothing really can be done. If they didn't, then yes, he's owed severance and he's owed ODI, and that could be both substantial amounts. Okay. So I'm going to get okay, you to, so uh, I'll get have you to give reach me a out, call yeah. as soon as possible. Yeah, either you or him. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Okay, Appreciate the call, yeah. pal. You bet. And here's uh, here's uh, here's how you're going to do that. And your dad as well. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, Ryan. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Again, here and now. Still got some. Still got some time. Four one six eight seven two ten ten. Get to uh, Judy, who's been waiting by patiently. Line two. Thanks, Judy, so much. What's going on with you today? Oh, hi. Um, good afternoon. Yes, I afternoon. do have a question. Hi. Um, for a girlfriend, her daughter um, works a uh, contract, as I would say, give it a design artist, and the contract's over, and the company says they don't have anything for eight months uh, to employ her. So I guess uh, she won't be working, but she's worked there five years. And they are giving her five weeks severance. Is that suitable for? No, no. Again, depending on, on the specific job and her age, it could easily be six months or even more than that. So so it's not. Uh, the, the real question here that, that's going to come up is whether or not she wants to do something about it, given the fact that she wants to go back to work, that she may be concerned about yes. upsetting them or getting them angry. Yes, she, but, she is. She's hoping to stay with them. But I guess my thought was... Um, you leave somebody out of work for that long, or if they don't have it, um, and maybe she moves on. I mean, they they do owe her more than that, so that's they what do. she doesn't want to do is accept them. Yeah. So, and, and it's not the difference between, let's say, five weeks and six weeks. In which case, well, maybe she can take it or leave it. But it, mm-hmm. it could easily be the difference between five weeks and six months, seven months, eight months. So it's it's a significant amount there. I'd be more than happy to help her get this resolved and get her the severance that she's owed. But she has to decide that that she wants that and and, and make the call. And if she wants to to get that severance, have her give me a call or send me an email. We'll give you that information in a second, and I'll be more than happy to help her. Oh, great! Thank you very much. I appreciate it. 
Thank you so much for uh, for reaching out this afternoon, Judy. And here's that number again, as I just gave it to Ryan. We'll give it to you now uh, as well. one 821 5900 one 821 5900 and help at is how, you, uh, how you're how you going to reach out. Leo, I want to get back into uh, the last couple minutes here of the show for sure. And our topic, uh, we always talk about temporary layoffs, been a massive thing over the last four years, obviously during COVID. But what is it and how is it different than a regular termination from employment? Well, a temporary layoff is a situation where the company puts you off work, but in their mind, they're not letting you go. They're just putting you on ice for a while. They're just saying, we're going to do this on a temporary basis and we'll call you back to work, maybe because the business is slow, maybe it's the time of year. So it's a temporary layoff instead of a a permanent layoff. So the company would often believe that, well, we can just do that. And as long as we call you back, no harm, no foul, we don't owe you anything. But that's not the case. Uh, The law does not give your employer the right, in most cases, to put you on a temporary layoff. To be more exact, by putting you on a temporary layoff, you, the employee, may have the right to consider that to be a termination of employment. They reduce your pay to zero. So that's why you can consider that, in many cases, to be a termination and require the company to pay you severance. And this is true despite the fact that, as you said, Certainly during the pandemic, everyone we knew about, everyone we talked to probably was put on a temporary layoff. But even then, by the way, not legal, certainly not legal now either. So, uh, you know, what's what's your recourse if someone comes up and says, or, you know, Lior, John, I got to lay off tomorrow. Sorry, business is slow and uh, out you go. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to put you off tomorrow on a temporary layoff. Hopefully call you back in a few months. So here's the thing. You can certainly accept that reality and wait then and hope that at some point they call you back to work you absolutely can do that uh but the other option you have is to consider that to be a termination of employment and say no i'm not going to do that uh we're going to end a relationship here because you've done that and i'm going to require you to pay me my full severance if that's what you want to do i can help you i want you to keep this in mind if you're going to choose that first option which is i'll i'll sit at home i'll wait and i'll go back to work when they call me by doing that by accepting it You've given the company the right to do it again and again. And then you may be in a situation where you go back to work for a few months and they lay you off for a few months and back and forth and back and forth. Not a good situation to be in. So the company doesn't have the right to put you on a temporary layoff unless you give them that right. And you give them that right by accepting it. So I'm not a big fan at all of accepting a temporary layoff instead call me. Let's get your severance and let's get you to take another job where that just can't happen again. And with that, we're just about uh, just about out of time. But thank you so much for the phone calls and emails can continue to flow to Lior. Just uh, send them along. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Number 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. You can also use uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca with access to that severance calculator. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll catch you next time on the Employment Law Show.